0: Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my
1: friends, and enjoy the show. Say goodbye
0: Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me as always is my lovely co-host, who? Lou. That's right. You
2: can catch me watching Bob's Burgers any day. Latex Lou.
0: Hulu. Yeah, Latex Lou I'm is sorry, also coming in the comments. i I just saw that. Yeah. I was, we we that are was, live on YouTube and Twitch right now, so we're seeing comments in real time.
2: That was quite the un, un, unexpected name. <laughs>
0: Well, this is going to be an interesting episode because um, I'm uh, reading through a book that is quite famous for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an, regardless of, of how you feel about it, it's a very interesting read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of lessons to take out of it. This is a book called 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. This is my first time reading through it. And um, man, it's, it's weird. It's a great book. I I do a lot of reading. I love reading, and um, I don't know why. Uh, I am a total like self help business guy. Yeah, like I go to the store hoping that I can like I go to the bookstore hoping that like oh there's gonna be a fiction book or like just like a book that I can enjoy yeah. and I look for a book that I can enjoy but the one that looks like I would enjoy it the most is like Marie Kondo's How to Spark <laughs> Joy by Organizing Your Life and I'm like that sounds like the shit and I'm like <laughs> passing by everything else <laughs> because I thought that was the most interesting I don't know it's just I something went in for me for Harry Potter and I walked away with the 48 Laws of Power yeah there it is so uh this is um this is something that is uh I need to be a little bit careful with too cuz um I'm no psychologist or anything like that so I can't like properly um say what is it called when you uh not deduce but I can't say what my my own father is or isn't but he He, uh, I I have a feeling is a megalomaniac, which is someone that is actually obsessed with power. So I grew up, my father who has like a PhD in management, basically 48 laws of power for business, Mm -hmm. but like at a PhD level. Yeah. And so like he, his entire job is manipulating people to be motivated. Like that's what it is,
3: Is, is, especially
0: as like a C-suite officer.
2: I hate to say it, but isn't that basically a life coach's job too?
0: We're not going to get into life coaches, (laughs) uh, but Anyway, so that's this is something that he always brought up. He would like teach me stuff. Like when we play 500 with the friends, like I won't put myself down to your level because I want to stay in charge of y'all and keep that respect. So I always offer to throw the ball. I will never catch with you Mm because we're not on the same level. Like I would tell, I was like eight when he told me that. I was like, damn, okay. (laughs) Anyway, so this is like a weird topic for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really like his abuse of power, I didn't like the way he looked at it. Um, But There's a a few laws in this book, and we're going to do two parts in this because we're going to skip over most of them, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of really good stuff that is directly pertinent to mixing, to audio engineering, that I think would directly help your career, directly help uh, your life in general, um, specific to what we do for work audio engineering mm-hmm. mixing so let's define quickly what it is that we do and lou each after i explain each law i want you to come up with an anecdote or a story of like how it worked like this is sure. one one way that that oh that's or you you may be surprised and you're like oh i didn't think about that but yeah that's true you know
2: yeah there's a uh, there's one you mentioned earlier where you mentioned it may not relate but i believe it does what's that um oh if you destroy, destroy someone destroy yeah
0: destroy them completely i'm yeah, not gonna not lie
2: <laughs> that one does relate but i'll i'll leave that towards the end because Holy cow. um because there's a, a bonus one I'm, I'm too much of a um a optimist to think of anything too negatively right away i like to find the brighter side of things usually first before i resort to the negative side of things um but there is a positive side to that for a mixer
0: yeah well um This book is basically 48 rules using anecdotes from history of 48 laws that people should use to maintain power. Mm -hmm. And the book is written in the sense of like, if you want to be a king Mm -hmm. or like some sort of ruler, a politician, or even in the sense of like business, the point is if you, um, and in the book, the, the writing is really interesting because the author has purposefully written it to, and he'll like. Blatantly say, in order to manipulate, to lie, steal, and cheat correctly without yeah. getting caught, this is yeah. how you do it. And it's like, it's really interesting because, like, the book to a certain degree can feel relatively like not, not evil but like can be easily used incorrectly. But yeah. I think the, I think that reading this was fairly good to begin with because at least you're aware of it, Yeah, you know? And, and I think that a lot of these rules can be used appropriately mm-hmm. to your advantage um, and the advantage of everyone around you. So um, I want to talk about that To And we're just generalizing and I'm kind of refitting everything, but anyway, let's start off with law number four. Always say less than necessary. And each each law has like a little paragraph to um, summarize it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to summarize it and then I'm going to talk about how it applies to our field and our career. And I mm-hmm. want you to, you know, talk about some personal stories potentially. Sure. And we're going to start off with the hard hitting one that we both need. Law number four, always say less than necessary. When you're trying to impress people with words, the more you say, the more common you appear. And the, Oh, sorry. When you are trying to impress people with words... And the more that you say, the more common that you appear and the less in control. Even if you are saying something banal, it will always seem original if you make it vague, open-ended, and sphinx-like. Powerful people impress and intimidate by saying less. The more you say, the more likely you are to say something foolish yeah, that makes sense. And in the book uh, in in the book, it talks about how most people, a lot of people want to talk or like explain themselves so or they want to feel understood. That's like an insecurity that a lot of people have. so people overtalk. The reason why I bring this up is I find, especially with mixing, is that if you over explain or defend yourself, Mm -hmm. like, hey, this mix, you just come up with excuses. Like, you know, like every open mic night, the musician gets up on stage like, I'm sick and I've been having a bad week, but here's this song, you know, like the kind of like, that makes you look so weak. Um, And the thing is, as a mixer, if you are like defending yourself before any accusations comes or if you're over explaining or if you that seems like you don't have confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. It seems like you don't know what you're doing that you have less com- confidence in yourself. So in turn that kind of um does not break down the wall of trust. That is always the barrier between the mixer and the client. Yeah. Um I would recommend even if you are feeling insecure about this mix or this mix is not turning out the way that you typically like it or like, you're not exactly sure if they wanted less space or more base. I would actually recommend just sending it out and see how they react. Don't preemptively say anything just like, Hey, just like be super normal with it. Say less. Don't Mm -hmm. over explain um and you may find out and dude most of the time for me whenever i do that one it turns out that i was completely in my head that it was totally fine mm-hmm. and that they may wanted to change in the direction that i thought that they may wanted it, but it wasn't a big deal as much yeah. as i thought it would be to me
2: so the way i can actually relate to that one honestly is more in the last year i've stopped telling people what i've done to a mix or not done to a mix even if it's in the revision request uh reason being is that um it's true what it says that like sometimes you might actually be looking at like uh, sending out a file and you say, Hey, you know, I saw your revisions, uh, but you know, the thing about the base, like I couldn't really do this. I couldn't really do that. So I tried doing this. I tried doing that. Let me know how you feel. And now, because like you're second guessing it, the artist is second guessing it, the uh, manager is second guessing it. Like, Oh, so this wasn't, like something that's in your wheelhouse. Like this doesn't feel like something that you could have handled, you know, and that sense of communication was just you trying to be open and direct with people. Sure. But you've divulged information that could be misconstrued. So sometimes saying less actually makes it a lot better for you. So more than anything, I just tell people like, sure, not a problem. Let me take care of that for you. And I'll do as much as I can, as best as I can, because obviously we're here to do our best. Right. But once I turn it, it's like, hey, I got everything as much, uh, taken care of uh, uh, to your notes. Let me know if there's anything else you need. You know, I send it out and they'll always be like, hey, there's something different about this one. I like it or I don't like it. But um, typically speaking, they don't question me in the process. Now they're listening for whatever it is I did because I'm not telling them what to listen for.
0: Yeah. So honestly speaking, saying less, especially yeah. in a professional setting makes you feel like you're confident, Make you look like you're uh, in control. And honestly, as an artist, they want to feel that you know what you're doing more than know that you know what you are Exactly. Does that make sense? It's like, I want a barber who's kind of like delusionally confident in his skill at cutting hair. And that makes <laughs> me feel good. That makes me yeah. like, it removes worry and stress from like, You know, the thing that is difficult, which is to entrust something, somebody else with an important part of my process.
2: Yeah. If somebody tells me like, hey, this is my goal, and it's something I haven't really necessarily mastered before, I know I'm confident in myself enough to be able to handle it and this and that, but I'm also not trying to tell people like, well, I haven't really mastered that before, and and instantly— destroy that level of confidence that they had with me they showed up to you yeah we've never they done believe- this before yeah like I've never
0: done this that's not something that you want to say it's okay that you've never done it before don't say that out but loud but there's
2: also a difference between the type of person that goes figures it out and learns a new skill versus those that just turn it away because they're kind of in the moment of like, you know what, I don't know what they are doing. Now, I'm not saying become a mechanic overnight. I'm not saying that. But if somebody says, hey, can you do the vocal edits for me? And can you do this delay at this tempo? But you've never tempo synced a delay before. That's probably something you should learn how to do. Yeah. You know, but you might shoot yourself in the foot by vocalizing oh, I did it, but I wasn't super sure how to do it. So let me know if it sounds right to you. Because now they don't know if you even programmed it right or not. It could be right, but now they're questioning you.
0: Now, the reversal of that is to lie. For example, if you are trying to sell a broken piece of gear and you don't disclose that it's broken because you're trying to say less, Mm. that is lying, that's dishonest, that will hurt you. So um, there's a difference between not disclosing everything to appear stronger or to appear more confident and to not disclose anything because you're hiding something. Yeah, Does that make sense? You're not hiding anything. You're just, um, you just don't need to say as much sometimes. That's it. That's it. That's literally what it comes down to. So we're going to move on to the next law, which is law number five. I think is, uh, this is a really good one. This is something that we touched on on the last episode that I think Mm -hmm. we can bring up again and redisclose law number five. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Through reputation alone, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however, you are vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. Make your reputation unassailable. Always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen. Meanwhile, learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own reputation. Okay, that's not as... (laughs) Um... Then stand aside and let public opinion hang them. Okay, let's, so let's. Let's I don't think you need to do that. I think that naturally I mean, happens. You don't need to do it. I was gonna say,
2: let's also define what an enemy is in our industry. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no real enemy that's, unless you got that big of a like Tupac biggie beef with somebody. Yeah. Like you gotta be willing to gun someone down to have that kind <laughs> Holy of beef. Shit. I'm just saying, like at what point are you like, you know what, fuck DK, you know, his mixes aren't even that good. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't even like that guy. You know, it's it's you gotta really not like somebody to like yeah, intently brutal- go after their character
0: again that's like the brutality of this book so we're going to kind (laughs) of tone it down but one thing that we mentioned at the very end of the last podcast episode if you listen to it is is um we talked about how if you are the type of person to miss meetings once a Mm -hmm. year or if you're the type of person that messes up and doesn't quality control and you send the wrong stems or like you don't send the files appropriately or in the format that they asked for. You didn't read through the delivery instructions of the files and how they want their name. Like if you mess up, like if you mess up once or twice a year, that's way too much. That is way too much. Like you may be thinking that you're the boss because you only mess up or you only show up late to meetings once or twice, you know, like maybe a a once every few months. That is way too much. And so what we are trying to do is that in, in a world and in an industry that is, quite frankly quite frankly heavily dependent on reputation the one thing that i see is valued more and more the higher up the ladder we go is the reputation of work ethic
3: yeah
0: this is insane like managers don't want to work with engineers who have talk to be way chased. too much have to explain that they have to continually quality check have to continually follow up with artists don't want to hire engineers that they have to completely remind and like did you forget about me do i have to do this hey you sent me this revision that i asked for but it's wrong you didn't even do the right f- it's cut off the ending is cut off yeah dude you set an appointment for 2 p.m for a zoom meeting and you're showing up 210 like it's small things but these yeah. small things um, kind of imp- definitely impact your reputation and as the book says reg- like you got to protect your reputation with you like with your life and yeah. this is something that I think is directly correlated to the music industry literally yeah. I'm not saying what I don't want to do is incite fear and say like you fucked up once that's going to hurt you but quite frankly I mean if I'm going to be completely honest you offend one person like one, one person that's important right or um Word travels fast. Yeah, word travels fast. They may ruin your fucking career. So
2: how many times have I said it in the past that bad news travels 10 times faster in order to negate that one issue that that you created? Even if you didn't intentionally create it, one issue could travel 10 times further than one good thing you did. You're going to have to do 20 good things to negate that one, and that's not even a ratio you want to rely on. Like You could do a million good things, but let's— put any artist or any celebrity in the limelight where they did something great for years and years and years then one little tabloid comes out and it's like whoa who is this person now they're poking and prying their entire life
0: yeah so again like as a mixer as an audio engineer i think more people should more Uh, take more control and use more discipline to protect their reputation with their life. I I think that that is honestly the differentiator between those at the top and those at the bottom is just straight up uh, reputation that is earned, yeah, earned. That's yeah. really important. Reputation is not given to you in most cases. No, if someone gives it to you, that's because you earned it in some way or another. If you're 18 and you got a shot to the big leagues, that's mm-hmm. because you're reliable or like you're a genius or some something superior about yeah. you. So it's like if, and one way to be superior, if you are not a prodigy. One way to choose to be superior is to be really, really reliable. Yeah. That is so important. And again, according to Robert Greene, protect it with your life. Um, we do not recommend, I mean, I personally, that the ideas of like attacking people is not as relevant, I feel like. So no, honestly. Because that, that affects your reputation too. Yeah. I, I do think though one like, company
2: that like I walked in the room as they were talking shit about me. Oh, uh, nice. They never got hired by me ever again, and the sad part is that one project, I had paid them closer to like $12,000 in like one week's worth of work for them. So the funny thing is like, they, it, they it was them. one of those where it's like, hey, you know these people would have told me anyways, because they actually ended up telling me everything you told me the other day, but me walking into it, that's impressive. Yeah, why would you do anything like this and expect me to continue wanting to work with you?
0: I That's, that's, uh, I'm sorry that that happened. That's a terrible situation. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's, that's a very important thing. I think yeah. part of your repetition is the the poison that you speak Yeah. or, you know, um, if
2: you're, if you're a negative person, uh,
0: I'm sorry. Why would anybody want to be around you? There you go. So keep that in check. Just, you know, self-discipline goes a long way. Yeah. Another thing that I would highly recommend as well is part of the reason why it's, In one way, it's so easy to get to the top is that most people do not guard their reputation with their life. Most people do not consider trying to um, create the self-discipline. And to be honest, those people at the top aren't safe gatekeeping for any other reason is because they don't want friction in their life yeah and most people at the bottom create friction it's not gatekeeping because they don't like you it's because you show up to meetings late and you don't deliver files correctly a hundred percent of the time yeah like even if you do it 98 percent of the time there's someone out there that's more professional that is takes this more seriously than you takes the extra five minutes to pay fucking attention that is going to get hired even if their mixes are worse That that is the honest industry the honest truth of this industry you are keeping your from getting to the top. Let's so-
2: be honest. Like a uh, half the time, how many? Uh, when you walk into somebody else's studio session, you might have the ego call to yourself where you're like, "Wow, I could have recorded this better," or like this session is shit or something cool. But the reason you're not in the room is because this client has a relationship with this person, right? And if they, if you see them always with this person, that probably means they have a level of consistency that works for that client.
0: Yeah. And, um, in most laws, there's a reversal, like, mm-hmm. uh, the, the how it could go bad. So like the last one I said, okay, you don't want to lie though. Um, in yeah. this one, there is no reversal. It's just the God's honest truth. Okay. Number, um, another one that I want to share is number six, court attention at all costs. Everything is judged by its apparent appearance. What is unseen counts for nothing. Never let, your, never let yourself get lost in the crowd then or buried in oblivion. Stand out, be conspicuous at all costs. Make yourself a magnet of attention by appearing larger, more colorful, more mysterious than the bland and timid masses. Um, that The reason why I want to bring this up is I want to bring this in the, up in the context of social media and mm-hmm. branding. Again, the difference between someone that charges a very premium price for their services and a normal price for their services is 98% branding. And again, yeah. part of that branding is um, that that uh, reputation that you've built, obviously? Mm-hmm. But uh, if you are, you know, first front of mind is first to hire. There's a reason why ads work. Even if you have a less superior product, but you're always running ads, your product will sell. Yep most people like because people see it often it's repeated they start to trust you they there wouldn't be an advertising business if there wasn't some sort of psychological effect on human beings yeah. right even if you are aware of it yeah right um so that's something that is super important you build another quote you build a you build a brand whether you do it on purpose or not yeah so for example if you you, most people are building a brand of not being active on social media mm-hmm. to be kind of in the clouds, to not be very known, to not be taken mm-hmm. very seriously. Um, and you're kind of boutique. Maybe it's a cool thing. You're kind of boutique and very like, you're my guy that I don't want anybody else to know about because yeah. you're my, you're my secret sauce, whatever. That doesn't help you in a business sense, all right? To be someone's hidden secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I would recommend, if you're going to build a band brand, regardless of whether or not you do it on purpose, then do it on purpose. Be front of mind. Don't go on social media unless you're planning on posting. Like that's yeah. another thing. Like, don't just be a lurker, like post, even if it's just something silly, like stories or whatnot. Um, there's like another quote that we often hear in the business is the more you look busy, the more busy you get. Yeah. Like looking busy gets work. Yeah. So it's like you don't want to be the type of guy that's always offering discount and like honestly looks like you don't get a lot of work done. Like yeah. look busy and that will make you more busy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, true. Uh, I get It's kind of funny because I feel bad whenever I receive these texts because some days I really just want to help people out. But I do get a little bit busy with the projects that I'm on. Uh, like recently this past week has been pretty chaotic for me because uh we're we're doing a lot of moving and new projects coming in but um the funny thing is this i get texts that say hey i know you're pretty busy but i wanted to see if i can like book you for like two hours you know, I just need to ask some questions. Oh, that's this and a, that.
0: that's a, oh, that's already, like, if they say something like that, that means they trust you, they respect you, they respect your time, so they're going to yep. pay full price, and they're not going to ask that for that many revisions because they actually trust
2: you. Yeah, and it's like, okay, like, what did you that's just a need? great client. That's yeah. a great
0: mentality that you want people to have before they come to you.
2: Like, it's kind of funny because um, the request on this one was like, I need somebody to dial in my vocal chain. I was wondering if you could help me with that. I'm like, oh, oh so you like the way I make vocals sound? That's a great reputation to have.
0: Yeah. So uh, anyway, so just to recap, court attention at all costs. Now, Mm -hmm. there is... There is uh, looking needy. The reversal of that is looking really needy to look yeah, really desperate. If you're doing
2: like the trend dance, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of... Well,
0: I mean, no, yeah. no, no. That's, that's like better than nothing. That's better than I mean, nothing, like, but
2: it's also nothing to do with being busy. In fact, it looks like you just have more time on your hands. This,
0: this goes into the next law that I want to share, which is law number eight, which I think is going to relate to that in general. Make other people come to you. Use bait if necessary. When you force the other person to act, you are the one in control. It is always better to make your opponent come to you, abandoning his own plans in the process. Lure him with fabulous gains, then attack. You hold the cards. Okay, so that's a pretty malicious way of saying it, but this is really important in the form of, like, advertising, marketing. How do you get clients?
2: Uh, it's, what is it, uh, the... When you call for uh, action, it's a call for action, but with a timed uh, response.
0: So yeah, you you do a call to action. You can do a call to action where it's like, hey, book me. Hey, ask for a quote. Um, But We only have
2: three slots left.
0: Yeah, then you can add urgency by saying three slots left or Mm -hmm. only within the next 12 hours or the first 10 people that hit me up or whatever. Um, Those are all part of marketing. But in general, the point is I want y'all to think about marketing differently. Mm -hmm. People people with... uh, People think that marketing is, or networking is, let me go to you. Let me offer you my services. Have you ever been to a networking meeting where the purpose is to network? Yeah. It is so fucking annoying when people are like, buy my product, buy my product. Me, 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 buy my product. And it's just like, you don't want to be that person. It's not effective. It's annoying. You want to hate, you hate yourself. And you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. It's just really hard. It's just annoying. The one thing that you can do is that you want people to come to you. So one, I think in marketing, that means opening the door, having a call to action that is clear and obvious. Listen to the Mixing Music podcast. Submit a form on my, submit uh, a form on my website to get a quote. Mm -hmm. Hire me on Engineers or whatever it is. Find me on SoundBetter have an obvious door most people don't have an obvious door on your website if I should be able to find out what you want me to do as a visitor within three seconds of looking at your website. And if I don't see "Learn More" or "Request a Quote" or "Purchase Now" on the very first page without having to scroll anywhere, your website fucking sucks. It's not gonna. Com- it's yeah. not gonna convert as many people. So number one is open the door. This may include being available on multiple platforms. If you are available on your website along with on Instagram and as well as on SoundBetter and Engineers, like why did the net is another thing when people come to you you want to make it easy as possible another thing is accepting cash like Mm -hmm. don't just do PayPal don't just do Zelle offer it all and don't worry that 1.8% plus 25 cents that you take for uh, processing credit cards is fucking worth it don't even worry about it that friction that you're causing by asking someone else to pay in different ways that is unaccommodating to them is fucking not worth it so just take the hit and and again, make yourself so accessible. People all the time, and this is a tactic that can be used correctly, but in general, I think most of the time people accidentally close doors, don't show the doors, uh, uh, sh- shrink the net, and don't even tell people like, don't even, aren't even looking like they're trying to capture anybody. The secret for good clients, for example, like when you provide value in this podcast, mm-hmm. what I'm doing is basically telling y'all. All tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of y'all listeners like, hey, I'm available for mixing and I know what I'm fucking doing, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I get a lot of people that come to me saying, hey- I want you to hire for my services. And that creates a better client because the type of client that you just said before, Mm -hmm. the ones that come to you and say with respect and they're like, hey, I trust you. I know you're busy. Mm -hmm. But that's like the ideal client from a mindset point. So when you get people to come to you by providing so much fucking value, that is the best case scenario. You don't want to go to people and say, can I mix for you? That's, that's, um, that is a, uh, a scenario that you want fruit. to eventually avoid. Like you want yeah. you want to build a brand and a platform where it's inviting. You you just keep showing people the door. So I'll counter that
2: last notion. Um, I still reach out to people,
0: of course, of course, um,
2: because if I like somebody and I want to work with them, I'm just going to be honest. Hey, um, I've been checking your music out. I really like what you got going on. Um, I'm sure you already work with somebody, but if you're ever interested in working together, I'd love to have the conversation with you because. I'd just love to be involved with your sound.
0: There you go, and yeah, even if you and again, yeah, I think like don't with talk numbers or
2: anything at first.
0: The secret to networking is just try to be friends with people. Don't don't try yeah. to sell them your product. They'll find out what product you have and whether or not they want it, or they want they want to recommend yeah. someone. Sometimes like just like like bringing you, they up they
2: your name is enough. But saying, "Hey, I'm a mixing engineer and I do this, and I only charge X amount. Let me know if you'd like to work together." Like I usually ignore all those messages and most time people are sending those out as such quick shots that they get ignored because usually they're so impersonal that honestly speaking you're usually hitting the wrong person i've gotten so many messages from people like hey if you ever want to book studios i have 3 and you know the engineers free i'm like one i'm an engineer two i already have multiple so
0: yeah why yeah so why, I mean, why did just, you
2: think I was the demographic?
0: Yeah, it's something to consider for sure. Like, again, the problem most people have is that they do not have an obvious door and a sign pointing to it. Yeah. So it's it's a lot better of a relationship, and it's a lot healthier of a relationship if they come to you rather than you going to them. Yeah. Uh, it's just a balance of power there as well. We're gonna keep going. This is gonna have to be split into two or three parts. As like, this is going to take way too long because these are actually really good points. Mm. Great jumping idea points. Um, but anyway, number nine, win through your actions, never through argument. Yeah. Any momentary triumph you think you have gained through an argument is really a pyric victory, a pyrrhic victory, the resentment and ill will you stir up is stronger and lasts longer than any momentary change of opinion it is much more powerful to get others to agree with you through your actions without saying a word demonstrate do not explicate so uh, come on that come on like if you, like that's that's so easy yeah don't tell them you're trustworthy show them you're trustworthy yeah. i mean if uh, resu- i love throwing away resumes that i get mm-hmm. that say i am a trustworthy person
2: Why did you need to say it?
0: Everybody thinks that the the problem with humanity is that everybody thinks they're trustworthy. Everybody thinks they're above average. This is the Dunning Kruger effect. Like I don't trust you. You got to show me. And any, any manager, anybody that's willing to hire knows that that's the case. And, and here's the thing. Another thing too, is like if you, and this is a very specific to LA thing. If you come to me and you start name dropping immediately, Oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, he- I've yeah. worked with this person. I've worked with... It's like, if you really did, first off, you wouldn't need to introduce yourself because I would know who you are if you were... <laughs> Second off, uh, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. That is a huge red flag for me. I do not trust you at that point. Yeah. Don't Don't do that. Show with your actions. Show with your actions. Another thing, too, is if you really believe... That a certain style of mixing, making the kick drum sounds like this, is the better way to do it. Like, do it. And if and if, <laughs> and if it was actually a better way to do it, they won't say to change it back. Yeah, they'll hear it. You know, you don't have to argue for it. Just, just don't don't argue. Just 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 listen to it. Anyway, that was a short short one. I don't know if we need. Do we need to say anything? Any other anecdotes that you want mm. to share on that one?
2: Anytime somebody says the phrase "trust me," I instantly don't trust you
0: hey bro trust me bro no trust me bro no i don't (laughs) hey this hot sauce is not that spicy trust me bro
2: (laughs) actually i could trust you on that one because eight and ten do deserve the swap
0: okay number uh that's an inside joke okay nobody on the pod is gonna get that but uh number (laughs) number uh law number ten This is an interesting one. I think this is also something that happens naturally. Mm -hmm. I don't think this needs to be a law. I think this is just human psychology and part of the reason why people will naturally float to the top and why most people will naturally float to the bottom or Mm -hmm. sink to the bottom. Number 10, infection. Avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Mm -hmm. You can die from someone else's misery. Mm -hmm. Emotional states are as infectious as diseases. You may feel you are helping the drowning man, but you are only precipitating your own disaster. The unfortunate sometimes draws misfortune on themselves. They will also draw it on you. Associate with the happy and fortunate instead. Come on, Lou. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. That's a good one.
2: I'm I'm not going to lie. I teeter on it. I teeter on it for one reason. Um, it's good because it's true. It's good because it's true, and it wouldn't be good if it wasn't true. But if I know somebody is typically above board personality wise, and they're going through something, I can't just walk away.
0: Ooh, no, and that's true. They're, okay, so, there's a mental health thing.
2: Yeah, of there's course. there's times where people go through it, and they're looking for somebody to reach out and like because. I've definitely been in the pocket where I don't know what to do and I don't know who to talk to. Um, and if people were to walk away from me in that state, I don't expect to ever walk to you ever in my life again because you walked away from me when I needed you most.
0: Okay, let's separate this because I think I, I think I think because you helped me, but yeah, like and when I was in a dark place, yeah, and you were, and I'm really grateful for that. So that's actually really personal.
2: Yeah, only because and I the only reason I bring it up like that is because not everybody you work with knows you. Mm -hmm. And you need to acknowledge that in order for you to move forward in a much more healthy business relationship. Um, But on a personal level, you should never assume to act in that notion.
0: Okay. So there's a lot of nuance here that I think we should unpack that it has directly to do with our industry. Yeah. Number one, there's a difference between personal relationships and people that are long time friends that are having a momentary sign of weakness versus business friends. And here's the thing from a mental health level, um, you want friends that are willing to be there for you no matter how hard it is. Yeah, on a business level, and this has to yeah. do with mental health. I don't give a fuck.
2: You should still be. If on you your
0: are shit. depressing to be around on a business level, I ain't f- I have no loyalty to you.
2: Yeah,
3: I
0: have no loyalty to you, and I'm giving my my business to someone else because they are a lot more pleasing to be around, even if yeah. they are worse at the craft.
2: Have you ever worked with somebody who every time something went awry, it's because something went awry in their life, and they just couldn't. Uh calibrate yes yeah it's like hey uh these files i mean are i've late. been that
0: person before
2: yeah but it's like hey these files are like it's like hey really sorry my tire popped it's like okay that could be fixed in a few hours this file is late five days yeah what the fuck
0: yeah yeah yeah. like oh. if
2: you're the type to make an excuse for everything <laughs> even if the excuse can't even relate Guard to your it, your
0: reputation with your life right
2: yeah yeah so it's one of those where it's like when people complain a lot when they're like, oh, you know, it's because everybody, like, I'm going I'm to say one that I heard recently, and I can't take this guy seriously ever since. What is that? He said, it's because TZO is getting all the good songs. Oh! And I heard that, and I'm like, listen— I Maybe you know or don't know, but me and Tizio are on good terms with each other. I wouldn't say we're, like, best friends or anything, but, like, we've done plenty of work together, uh. and we've had plenty of conversations. Tizio earned his shit. So you bitching and moaning about his success, and that's the reason that you don't have success, makes me think so much less of you. Yeah. That it's, it's not even... I couldn't take that guy seriously ever since. Oh,
0: that, thats sucks. Like, I don't even know who it is, but yeah, that would hurt me too. No, it, it's true. Like you want to avoid, and I think the people that do like, it. Like really at what point well, do they
2: say that about me?
0: Okay. So yeah, that's true. And then here's the thing too. Um, on the positive topic of this, I think things like, um, maintaining and protecting your mental health, doing therapy, doing mm-hmm. the hard thing of finding a therapist, committing to it. And, and, you know, um, approaching your ego Mm -hmm. and confronting yourself with your ego and trying to work through your trauma is super important
2: it's extremely important. it's
0: super difficult but it's really important and i think that's part of the reason why i'm such a huge proponent of self-discipline is because the more you take care of yourself and the happier you genuinely become the more people want to be around you and honestly in more ways than people realize that affects how much business you get yeah like there's people in the chat right now, like one of the people that hires me, Trevor, who's the goat, mm-hmm. right? If I was just an asshole because I'm just, I didn't go to therapy, I guarantee you, no matter how good I am, Trevor wouldn't like me half as much. Yeah. You know, but now Trevor calls me every single night. He's just like, dude, how are your kids? I love you to death. I'm yeah. just so obsessed with you. And he's just like always trying to hang out with me and be my friend. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> no. no, and there's He's in
0: the chat, so I'm giving
2: <laughs> There's also a difference between healthy competitiveness. Trevor communication. needs to stop calling
0: me. That's the point of Trevor, that. stop it. Call me.
2: <laughs> Forget him. No. Um, but like there's also a difference between healthy competitiveness, uh, which is something I bring up a lot to everybody. Like, because I find different individuals my healthy competitor. Um you, for instance, being one. Because if I see somebody I know doing what I do and they're busy, why the fuck am I not busy? I don't like that for myself. So I'm not saying I need to beat them. I'm saying how the I f- i can't fall that far behind what the hell you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. um with the acoustics design company and you're, you're that very been like doing, happy about
0: it like yeah you don't look at me and get jealous you get look at me and like get motivated no and if we, you like, tell me like
2: other. oh i just did this i'm like fuck yeah congrats
0: yeah and vice versa like yeah. those things you do it's like hell yeah
2: yeah and so like on the acoustics side of things i know there's like john hunter and gik and all that that's like very popular in la but i don't look at it as like i need to replace them it's like how do I match their output? Oh. What is going on there? What am I not doing that I could be learning from them? When you look at other people in the industry, like uh, Baines has recently been added to the list of great 808 mixers, like great low-end mixers. Um, Tezio wasn't put on that list. And I'm not even saying that those two need to look at each other and be like, hey, I need to get my low-end that way because they both fit a niche, right? But me and you also have a friend who's on that list, Bob. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And Bob's low end is always amazing to the point whenever I get to master a song for him, I'm always like telling him, "Like, dude, this low end, it, like you've got my butthole vibrating. Like, what did you do?" <laughs> Hold on, wait a <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just say saying. saying. Like, but- also, dude,
0: Bob. I mean, on that note, on this, like, going back to the thesis of this law here, like, he is one of the happiest and kindest people ever.
2: And he just cut the bullshit.
0: He is like you. You cannot help. But be so, Yeah, you want to be around him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And every time I hear about, like, I recently heard that James went to go visit him at his house. And even James is like, dude, he's such a cool guy. He's so easy to talk to. He's very down to earth. I'm like, yeah, honestly, like anytime I hit him up, I'm like, dude, do you want to go get sushi again? Like, I kind of miss our lunches. There you go. Something as simple as that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to move on to the next law. Let's do it. Law number 11. Uh, Learn to keep people dependent on you. To maintain your independence, you must always be needed and wanted. The more Mm. you are relied on, the more freedom you have. Make people depend on you for their happiness, on prosperity, and you have nothing to fear. Never teach them enough so that they can do without you. Okay, that Uh, last sentence, that last sentence is very bad. It's it's
2: completely a double-edged sword (laughs) because let's say that...
0: Ignore that last sentence. That's less applicable. Let's say that your
2: job... Can only be sustained by your level of depend their level well, of dependence on Let's talk about the reversal
0: you. afterwards because there is an obvious reversal. Yeah, that I know that you are very I, aware. Of.
2: Yeah, I'm very aware there's, of this reversal.
0: Yes. Okay. So there's a reversal here. Though. So before we get to the reversal, let's talk about that. Um, one, but it, I don't it is think true. that it you should true. become independent. You should become relied on by forcing people to rely on you.
2: Yeah, you should That's teach evil. people how to fish. Maybe not how to make sushi, but you should at yeah. least let them fish.
0: Yeah, but I think that it, you should teach people how to fish. Like here's the, for example, like this podcast, I'm teaching people how to fish. So mm-hmm. they they trust me, yeah. right? But they also know... That they no matter how much they try, they may not ever be able to be good as I am at fishing. Mm-hmm. Because I'm also working on my fishing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like then the competition, this is great for as far as like for a capitalist society, then it becomes really great because now the competition base is based off of quality.
2: Have you ever the heard skill. the notion um the student defeats the master eventually? Yeah. Uh, there's also a follow up to that one, which is It's
0: like the in, in the entire premise of Cars 3.
2: I never watched Cars, so I don't know. But um, there's a second notion to that, which is that's because the teacher stopped being a student. No. Um, it is, it's very difficult to outdo those that continue to push forward and learn. Uh, something I definitely learned by from Jimmy Douglas, who talks about how even he will ask his interns what they think is cool and sounds good.
0: Oh yeah. To stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Yeah. But anyway, um, learning to keep people dependent on you, I think more has to do with going back to the self-discipline, the quality of the work. Like Being a mixer is a small but important part of the Mm. important cog of the entire machine. Yeah, And here's the thing in order to, you're not a mixer as a position is not so important and so unique that they can't just hire anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like the job and your ability is not something that makes you, that makes people depend on you. Mm. It's, it's the things around it. Again, that quality control, uploading good stems, naming everything correctly the first time, having really good quality, you know, all like really good deadlines, being able to turn things around, like good communication. Those things keep people dependent on you because those are less found and Mm -hmm. way more valuable than your ability to mix.
2: And the funny thing is like the phrase dependent can be misconstrued as like almost a power trip it's not really that like if I depend on somebody it's because I'm willing to give up my worries and put things in your control
0: exactly without remove the, friction
2: yeah remove the friction but also remove any sense of like doubt like uh one of the biggest things that I had to learn when we first opened the studio was how to delegate because I've always been the type of person to do things myself but The people that I was able to confidently leave alone and not have to think about it, I could finally enjoy a moment of peace while I'm away, while there's active work happening. Those people won me over long term, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's that sense of confidence that's been given through that, like, I need you. I need you to be like on point, not because everything will go awry if one thing goes wrong. It's just, I need to know that you can handle it.
0: There's an Alex Hormozzi quote that puts this into a different frame, a uh, different perspective here. He says, if you want to sell your product to rich people, offer twice the quality for half the amount of time. Nice. Yeah. Or the same quality for half the amount of time.
2: Yeah. People are willing to pay significantly
0: more if you're able to rush the process.
2: To To be honest, yeah. Like if you told me, hey, you can delegate this part of the work for me, uh, to me, it's going to cost you 50 bucks, but you can delegate this to me. I don't think of it as buying a product or buying a service. I think of it as buying my time because my time was a very limited resource in the past. And now that it's become that much more uh, available to me by systemizing and automating a lot of things it's that much more valuable for me to maintain my time and my freedom.
0: There it is. And uh, the obvious reversal, and I'm going to kind of generalize in this. You may have more thought. I know you got more thoughts on this. But here is the classic reversal specific to our industry and what we do. Okay, And this is just any service industry. Um, In our industry, which is very celebrity-driven, right? Mm -hmm. You work with the people at the top. They're big celebrities. The fact of the matter is when you're at the top of the game, it's very difficult to find people to trust that are helping you because they genuinely like you and not because they want something from you. Um, it becomes very difficult to make friends when you're a celebrity. Yeah. Because it's very difficult to trust people when you're a celebrity. And here's the thing, no matter how much you work for them and how much you, you, uh, are, you make them dependent on you, there's always going to be a little bit of a power play. Let me describe that power play for you. If someone who is in power and has a lot of power, a lot of, uh, um, yeah, just, we'll just say power, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of money. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, that part, and, yeah. got yeah, 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 to be able to employ yeah. you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you are what f- you think is the right thing to do. Just the bend over backwards bitch. You're just willing to do anything and everything for them. Drop everything for them then what you do is you build, a res- you build a relationship where you are their bitch. And that is not a healthy relationship. That is the reversal to this law. You don't want to become so easily dependent on that you become someone's bitch. Again, you use this as a way to equalize or in order to gain power. So this is actually true.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When you work for someone, you don't want to give everything... Especially if they're above you in power or no. in social class. You don't want to give them everything, but you do want to be reliable, but do not ever sacrifice your boundaries for some clout. Yeah. Do not like if it's Chris Brown and you have committed to, like, for example, if one of your boundaries is I don't work past 9 p.m. Yeah. Chris Brown's like, you get this one opportunity to work with Chris Brown. It's like it's 9 p.m. You you're like, oh fuck, I have to break a boundary. You let's say you decide it. This is a great opportunity. You break that boundary, you work with Chris Brown. Now he knows that you're willing to break your boundaries over him. And mm-hmm. that's going to become an abusive relationship. Yeah. If you say no, you may lose that gig, but that's not a gig that you want to begin with. And here's the yeah. thing. There are a lot of people out there that are willing to take it up the ass every single fucking day. The only
2: reason you should break a boundary is if you're getting something in exchange and it shouldn't be a clout moment. You need to create a collateral.
0: Yeah. And and like, and there are like, for example, there are people in our industry that we know that are doing really, really well that are very now high up the ladder but it that, took that, years that, like, of shit because even. they just like yeah they're able to take it up the ass every single fucking day and they're just yeah. really good at taking shit and that earned their place at the top that is I one th- way to do it but <laughs> that is that is very fu- that is very few and far between that's not a gamble that I'm willing to make
2: yeah most I, of the I, people I that I know are doing well so different.
0: most of the people that I know that are doing well are people that respect their boundaries and all of their clients know what their boundaries are and they respect each other and yeah. there's like this level of equal power and balance in this relationship where they're equally dependent on each other and they understand their boundaries so there's respect Mm -hmm. that is a really great way to build dependence not over being someone's bitch that is a really unhealthy way to build dependence yeah okay sorry I I said what I wanted to say any any, because I know I mean it might I don't know if you want me to avoid this topic but you had a recent relationship that kind of ended up becoming that way that you did, like you discovered later.
2: Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't, so, you don't
0: have to be specific. No, it's I, not, it's not, not about specifics.
2: Share. I've had this relationship multiple times over with different people. Um, and each time is different. But, um, recently speaking, there was a level of disconnect in between what it originally started off as to what it became. I'm not sure at what point it became it but what it became was very unhealthy. And Mm -hmm. I think um, it negatively impacted both sides to a point where I did not think it was healthy or even conducive to a good relationship to continue working together. I think it would have made things worse.
0: Yeah. I think one way to negate all of this and to avoid a power imbalance is actually by having a mediator. For example, this is one of the great roles of a manager. If you have someone, a celebrity but you have a manager representing you, Mm -hmm. then they can talk your shit, their shit, you know, like, oh, DK's the best, lose the fucking best, he's gonna kill your mix, they can talk, because most people have a hard time doing that on their own. Yeah. They talk you up, and they put you on the same equal playing field as the celebrity. Does that make sense? That's a, that's a, that's one of the roles of the managers to make sure that that is balanced in that sense. And then, yeah, and again, if because they the artist typically has a manager, you if you have a manager as well, then the managers speak together. If you become the type of person that provides a service and it's so frictionless, it's so easy to work with, they will depend on you. They yeah. will keep coming back to you. You know, that's a great thing. Okay, we're spending way too much time on this topic.
2: Which so, oddly enough happened in that situation anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that's actually really close to home because that's the one of the first lessons I learned in LA. I know most people don't have an issue with power balances with celebrities, but mm-hmm. that is a real thing that you have to think about when yeah. you're trying to build a career in a music city.
2: It could even be a basic employer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, oh yeah, that's true. That it could is be a more basic universal. employer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like you, if you really, really like,
1: uh, like, let's say you job.
0: idolize Elon Musk. You're the type of, you're like an Elon bro and, or gal, right? You just really believe in an E bro. And like, that's all you're doing is making it easier for Tesla or Elon Musk to potentially take advantage of you. Yeah. So it's like, anyway, um, Law number sixteen. This is we're. Gonna, this one, I think, is going to be short. Use absence to increase your respect and honor. Too much circulation makes the price go down. The more you are seen and heard from, the more common you appear. If you are already established in a group, temporary withdrawal from ill will uh, from it will make you more talked about, even more admired. You must learn when to leave. Create value through scarcity. Yeah. Again, looking busy, sounding busy, busy gets work. Uh, another thing too, this is like in management in general. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fire a bad intern if you're really close friends with them. This is part of the reason why at the studio, I purposefully distance myself from the the like you're the good cop
1: at mm-hmm. the studio.
0: Like you're yeah. friends with everybody, but if we need to have a stern talking to, mm-hmm. it's all it's almost always going to be me. Yeah, partially because I'm good at being a dick.
2: No, you also enjoy it.
0: I enjoy being a dick. I ah, hold on not being a dick <laughs> I enjoy being extremely honest
2: yeah and direct and direct yeah
0: um and you uh and we but we also need someone to be friends with them and it's 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 harder There's, to be direct and honest especially in a in a way that you have to execute some sort of discipline
2: yeah there needs to be a balance between like hey we're all here to work together as a team
0: yeah you don't want to be but too if ready.
2: somebody's falling off the wagon um a little too often then we need to correct that.
0: So that's from a management sense, right? Yeah. And I think that that is pretty obvious in our situations, yeah, right. That's pretty universal. Um I will also say that in our industry, if you're the type of person that's like, hey, I'm looking for work, Hey, I'm looking for work. Hey, I'm looking for work. Here's a yeah. discount. Here, I'm looking for work. Um, I don't I don't think it's a that big of a deal, uh, but I can't think I can't help but think that that may be a bad look. For example, like, I know this sounds really weird, but if you keep lowering your prices, that's going to make you lower your prices more just over time. That shows that you don't have enough product. You don't have enough value. Like, if anything, like, it's okay to raise your prices and be unattainable for some people. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Like, I don't know. It's not, that's not a universal principle. You got to, like, be careful and plan it out accordingly. But being scarce is a good, I don't, I know, I hate saying this, but it's a good power move. Mm Mm-hmm. Like to look busy, to be unavailable. And I think most people who are really busy naturally are. Mm -hmm. And we, anybody who is naturally actually really busy knows that there's a level of respect that you get.
2: When you're busy. When you're busy. So it's kind of funny. Um, I tend to be the type to distance myself naturally. Um, I'm very, this doesn't show a lot in public, um, but I'm an introvert through and through. Uh, the social battery joke that everybody makes, it's a little too true in my in my world. Like, once I shut down, just leave me alone for a week, you know? But um, I've seen where people are like, oh my God, he must be busy. And I'm like, no, I'm just kind of emotionally recovering <laughs> for a little yeah. bit. Um, but um, it, it oddly has worked in my favor in the past on accident where people are just like, hey, um, I don't know if you got time or something. It's like, I mean I have time. I just didn't want to talk to anybody, but yeah. I mean, I'll take work all day. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes removing yourself oddly enough helps. Even if you did that intentionally or not, I've I've done it without intention, without uh a want to distance myself. Just sometimes you just need a break, a social break.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um looking scarce, looking busy, looking like your time is valuable. Uh, gains a sort of respect. Okay. Number 19, we're gonna keep moving on. We only have a few left for this part one here. Number 19, know who you're dealing with. Do not offend the wrong person.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm gonna mm-hmm. read the
0: description, the summary of this chapter. Uh <coughs> this is gonna be I'm gonna read the whole thing, but this is a lot of we need to put this in the right context because okay. this, is, okay. this is pretty ridiculous. There are many different kinds of people in the world and you can never assume that everyone will react your strategies in the same way deceive or outmaneuver some people and they will spend the rest of their lives seeking revenge they are wolves in lambs clothing choose your victims and opponents carefully then never offend or deceive the wrong person okay so basically they're saying like if you're going to manipulate and deceive people just make sure you don't manipulate and deceive someone that can destroy your life
2: yeah because
0: they also understand the rule of if you're going to destroy someone destroy them completely um but i i do think that The reason why I thought this would be a good discussion for this episode Mm -hmm. is because in our um, industry, Mm -hmm. which is really fucking small, yeah, like there's like there's like a hundred mix engineers that make a living off of it at 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 the level that we do. Like the
2: funny thing is, I think every single one of my clients, as a as a mastering engineer, is a mixing engineer. And all of them know each other. We all know each other. So if I if I were to do something wrong to one of them, how would I be able to control the spread?
0: Now, granted, we don't. I don't get work from other mixing engineers, so that relationship, that lateral relationship, is not as important as like, uh, or that horizontal relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like versus like the artist or the producer. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I still got to deal with them too because they always want to say.
0: So it's. I mean, that's a little bit different, but at the same time. The one thing that I want to point out is exactly what you said. It's way smaller than people realize. Yeah. Um, One bad review or one negative experience can be hurtful. Now, what I'm not trying to do is cause anxiety and make you overthink every single little thing that you say. Just just be honest. Just be honest. Just be yourself. It's not worth changing your personality for each person. It's not hard to be a good person. I promise you. No. Well, I'm going to say it is. Or. It's hard to choose to be a good person. Most people don't want to do it.
2: And most people don't want to own up to the responsibility involved in being a good person. But it's actually not hard. A lot of times the magic is in the work you're avoiding.
0: Yeah. There you go. Did you quote something? That was beautiful. I did. Lou, that was beautiful. Okay. So uh, I, I want to say this is something that I see Leslie Brathwaite posting on all the time on his social media, like this is one of his common topics that you share, you see across the board Mm -hmm. is his disappointment in people that like people that were really doing well, they burn one person and they decided to throw their, what to, to in Leslie's words, decided to throw their career away by fucking with the wrong person. Yeah. And we're not talking about mistakes. We're talking about ego gets in the way and you, you argue. Yeah. You know, you know, That, that is just, it's just not worth it in this teeny weeny industry. So that's just something to consider. Do we need to say anything else about that? Let's Lou, is there any other thoughts on that one?
2: Mm. Don't burn the wrong person. I think the flip side of that is don't deny the wrong person. Um, There is a sense of like burning people through uh, not wanting to help somebody who's just starting out. For instance, it, I don't think you're burning anybody by saying, I'm too busy to help you. But I think that sense of personality shows uh, when it comes to the reach back mentality those that grow, those that helped you, if you're not willing to reach back and help them in return that's also part of what you're burning. If somebody helped you grow, whether they be, let's say one of our interns, right? But you weren't willing to help your intern in return, give them education, give them uh, some form of connection to help them apply somewhere, be a reference. If they were willing to do all this for you, but you weren't able to reciprocate, then it's very difficult for that person. Let's say that they do become successful to not look at you the way they did that day.
0: Yeah. Amen. All right, um, I'm going to do three more, and we're going to keep these quick for part one here. Cool. Uh, Number 23, law number 23, concentrate your forces. Conserve your forces and energies by keeping them concentrated at their strongest point. You gain more by finding a rich mine and mining it deeper than by fitting from one shot... uh, flitting from one shallow mind to another <laughs> intensity defeats extensity every time when looking for sources of power to elevate you, find the one key patron and a fat cow who will give you milk for a long time to come. Now the examples in the anecdotes that he gave in the book is like, for example, even an artist in the Renaissance age, mm-hmm. it was better for that. They worked for some sort of royalty, some sort of instant, like artists don't want to sell out. But it's yeah. important to sell out to the right person. So yeah. that was like one of the things too. Concentrate your forces. Don't be a f- okay. Anyway, another thing as well that I want to talk about. I want to talk about niching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick example here to prove my point. You have a specific type. Let's say in this scenario, you get you find out, and, and God forbid this ever happens, right? But you get a specific type of lung cancer. Lung cancer. Uh-huh. It's a rare form of lung cancer. Yeah. Okay. You have a general doctor, the family doctor that you go to. Mm-hmm. Best, honestly, best in the world. Yeah. Articles written up, Forbes, yeah. all, just Forbes, half of the Forbes articles is just about how great this doctor is. Yeah. So many awards, so much recognition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two doctor is another famous general cancer uh, doctor. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the name of a, that specific doctor is. Cancer doctor. Cancer okay. doctor. Okay. okay. We'll I, just go with I'm, that i uh, There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, they treat, they have success in treating all forms of cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, brain cancer, Mm -hmm. testicular cancer, uh, bullshit cancer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Number three, lesser known doctor, medium to low, lesser known doctor, but they, they only work on patients with your specific type of cancer. Mm -hmm. Who do you think you would trust?
2: I'm definitely going with the family doctor. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, obviously I'm going with the lung doctor. Come on.
0: Yeah. Number three. Option. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That guy's about to get me a gold plaque.
0: Yeah. You're going to, you're (laughs) going to, that's the thing. So, what I'm not trying to do is diffuse people's dreams and make people think that they can't do everything. Here's the deal in real life, if you want to be a singer songwriter and a producer and like, and you could do it, and a mix engineer and this and this and this, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, Statistically speaking, if we're looking at hard numbers, yeah, you probably won't be able to do it. Like, no. actually, not even not even a little bit.
2: Like, once you're at the top of the food chain in your department, you could also branch out, and sure. But that's assuming that you hit the top of the food chain in a department.
0: So, there's a couple things that you need to realize will happen. Number one is don't force yourself into a niche. Yeah. Don't decide too early. Usually, a niche is something that comes to you from experience. For example, mm-hmm. I do know a lot of engineers. They were audio engineers. I know even few that got awards. Mm-hmm. They like gold and platinum plaques. And then, but they, you know, over the time they were actually a producer, but they just got, they got more recognition as an, as As an an engineer engineer, and they're like, you know what? I need to go back to my roots as a producer. They give up their audio engineering career Mm -hmm. to become a producer. And
2: And then it doesn't go as well.
0: No, no, or no, no, no. In this scenario, in this case, it's going great for her. It's going great for her. Um, but the point is you, it's, you can't do both. And I think in most scenarios, in her case, especially, she Mm -hmm. doesn't want to do both. Yeah, doesn't make sense. I think I think I think most people to, don't
2: want to do whatever they fell into.
0: Exactly, most people don't want to do everything. Like it's very natural for some people to be like, I fucking hate the mixing process, and like I love everything else, or I specifically love mm. recording vocals is my favorite. And like, then there's some people that's like, that I are just I,
2: recording only.
0: Yeah, and for yeah. me, I'm mixing only. Like that is yeah. mixing. Well mastering to but like mixing yeah. only like i love it i hate recording i don't i'm not as confident with producing i can do it i don't mm-hmm. i'm not as confident with songwriting i can do it but i just don't do it and i focused. i've concentrated my focus into mixing yeah and and even within that you can dive deeper within your niche and this is actually true with podcasts as well i'm going to talk about that in a second mm-hmm. um but let's say that it is better to dig dig deeper if you are so for example if you naturally like punk rock music Mm -hmm. i would i would not try to stay i'm a general mixer i would be totally okay with leaning into that and trying to get more specifically punk rock mixers like that's this in business it's not a bad scenario uh, assuming that you genuinely from the the purest part of your heart genuinely like that part of the work Mm -hmm. and more than any other part, then it is okay to corner yourself into that corner. Yeah. It is okay to just do that, to focus all of your forces onto that and only work on your strengths in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, for example, even in the podcasting world, statistically speaking, in our pod, part of the reason why people like our show is that podcasts that uh, are very genre bending or like they talk about a lot of different things so they don't go very deep but they go very wide Mm -hmm. episodes and entire shows that do very wide amount of information do a lot and this is youtube too do significantly worse than channels that go deep yeah for example like A podcast or a podcast that talks about everything versus a podcast that specifically talks about the Roman empire and this histories and the intricacies and how it works. Like those podcast episodes that go deeper on specific niches do better statistically speaking.
2: Yeah. It's kind of funny. um, You know, this is going to land more on the YouTube side, but there's a, a network that I watch on there that I originally found through um, oh man, why am, I, why am I blinking on the original? It, this this company used to subcontract a bunch of YouTube content creators and uh, they were really, really big for this. And then a bunch of their content creators started creating their own YouTube channels for the thing that they got really popular for under them. Um, one of which is Watcher recently. And they do like uh, unsolved mysteries or ghost files, things like that. And I love watching videos of people just going through haunted places. And a lot of them tend to be just that gimmicky, like. Oh, oh my God. Did you hear that? Oh my God. But these guys are actually funny. And they actually will like call bullshit on themselves. Be like, oh no, that actually was one of our cameramen farting, which is an actual uh, clip. I'll show you the clip and you'll be like, wow, that, that, that was an impressive fart. But um, nonetheless, like they also do like ate too much food, played video games, did this. And I'm not interested in any of the other stuff to the point where me and Anna like frown when we see anything else uploaded so like youtube channels that focus on one thing and one thing only you're likely to retain your viewers uh, eyes and the funny thing is every time that we've gone to their channel and just looked at how well the other ones are performing they don't even get half the views on all the other things but i'm sure there's only so many places you can walk and you know uh, do a haunting investigation? Sure, I'm sure that's a very limited niche area. So they're trying to expand to see what works, but because they're trying so many different things at the same time, it feels very cluttered and messy. And it just, for me, it's like I came for this. I don't really care about the rest.
0: Yes, um, I'm going to throw out an idea. I may regret saying this out loud, but because I may do this, I may not. Mm-hmm. I probably, I probably won't. I mean, um, we'll talk about we'll talk about this, but yeah. um, um. First off, when finding finding where to concentrate your forces, it's important to recognize what you desire, what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good idea practically to use jealousy as an indicator and as a compass. If you fi- mm-hmm. if you find if you are jealous of someone for the work that they've done, that that may indicate what you actually want. I hate
2: take, to admit, but that's actually take, a good take one. Note,
0: <laughs> take note of it. Like if you see someone that they're doing and you get jealous of, it, it's like that <coughs> your soul may be trying to tell your ego something. You know, um, like, Hey, you want to do this, you yeah. know? Uh, so don't force yourself into a niche. You got to one, understand that that's something that you want to do, that you fully understand that you're willing to do it all for this. Give yeah. it up all for this. You're willing to boundaries. It's, it's very sacred to you, you know, do it that all sense. for the nookie. Um, and, and it's gotta be authentic too. So that's part of the one, yeah. you know, it's gotta be authentically you. Number two, it's like, again, you don't, that a niche usually comes to you. You don't go out and find it. Um, for example, this is specific.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I Watch me. I'm going to make a prediction here. Mm-hmm. In the next two, ooh, one to three years, mm-hmm. I predict that double-edged safety razor videos on YouTube as a, as a genre is going to blow up among men.
2: Double-edged safety razor? Old
0: school, single blade, safety razors, shaving videos. How to shave, come shave, watch me shave, uh, uh. reviewing razors, reviewing... uh safety razors um, sponsorships new technology within that it's gonna I think there's a bubble coming up in the next one to three years mm-hmm. that I think is a very untapped part niche of an industry I mean imagine loving shaving so much that you, you review all the creams all mm. the aftershaves all the different blades all the combination of blades to handles to yeah. the, the, being able to know what the weight is things of the nature it's stupid to us Well, but that if, if, if you're gonna that is the example of if you're Really into that. Now is the time to start uploading videos. I'm making a prediction that that's going to so, be the next mechanical keyboards. Mechanical keyboards blew up and had like a little bubble, uh-huh. like a cultural bubble last year that burst last year. Yeah, right. There's this cultural bubble of mechanical keyboards. I, I've uh, one of my clients is a keyboard influencer. He had he gained over five hundred thousand subscribers in a span mm-hmm. of like six months to God a year. Damn. It was just like a cultural bubble. I think the next one is going to be shaving.
2: So. Something like that has already happened in bursts. Uh, It was butcher knives. So specifically like uh, Latin carniceria butcher knives, Um, custom engraved handles and all that kind of stuff, specific types of leather, the way the metal is actually cut with what type of machine it's cut with, and then what type of metal it is and how the metal actually affects the taste of the meat and this and that. To the point where my cousin was gifted like a five, six hundred dollar butcher knife. And when I look at it, I'm like, that's very impressive. But I don't think I'm the demographic for it. But nonetheless, there's a demographic spending five, six hundred bucks on said knife. So I would believe that the shaving side would probably blow up too. Because if you're not cutting meat, you're cutting hair. You're cutting something. You know, there's there's gonna there's gonna be a niche for these types of knives and stuff. Do you remember? Um, also, I culturally,
0: don't... we're leaving the hippie stage of our yeah. of our left right yeah. cycle through our, generations. Our, Generational our cycle. Hipster
2: stage is now becoming cliche.
0: Like as as people, yeah. we are coming into a more conservative uh, generation. Hmm. Like it, it cycles every generation. Yeah. You know
2: yeah so I wonder how like p c culture peaked p c as in politically correct or yeah, p c yeah, yeah. master race what you don't know about the p c master race like like versus uh, Mac yeah because with p c s you can build anything you want, you can get your own chassis, you can have whatever operating system play whatever games you want, but then Mac's just like the same thing all over the place there's there's a subreddit r slash p c master race
0: that's funny. Okay. <laughs>
2: You're like what if, where's Lou going with this master race? All right, we're
0: going we're going to finish up this episode. We got like two more left. Yeah. Uh actually, I'm going to briefly read this one. I'm going to not spend too much time. It's pretty straightforward. Uh law number 25 recreate yourself. Do not accept the roles that society foists on you. Recreate yourself by forging a new identity—one that commands attention and never bores the audience. Be the master of your own image rather than letting others define it for you. Incorporate dramatic devices into your public gestures and axes uh, actions. Mm-hmm. Your power will be enhanced, and your character will seem larger than life. Okay, this is important. What we talked about before—you build mm-hmm. a brand, whether or not it's on purpose. So yeah. do it on purpose. That's the thing. And when we're what we're not saying is people will misconstrue this law as like you need to create a false personality, a false persona, and just like live on that. I yeah. want to be. totally honest with you if you think that i'm brutal and honest in the podcast i'm not that much different in real life uh james if anything worse shut the fuck (laughs) okay anyway james uh james who was a fan of the show and now is one of my assistants uh he knows firsthand i am like this in real life (laughs) lou am i like this in real life yeah 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 fuck Yeah. yeah. all right here we go um anyway but what you what but there's a part, certain part of you that you can as you get older and as you choose to like choosing self discipline is you're recreating your own image it's a choice you find you decide you want to do it you decide you want to be more self disciplined you decide you want to go to the gym you decide to make your bed those are things that actually eventually become part of your personality if you this is a quote from uh, one of my favorite books of all time um uh uh, the go-giver, mm-hmm. if you are the type of person that has to choose to be kind, you are not kind. Because yeah. choosing to be kind uh, insinuates that at one point of that decision, you contemplated whether or not it was worth the benefit of being kind in that scenario. Yeah. People that are actually truly kind never even realized that there was an option not to be. And it takes a lot of consistent decision to be kind in order for that to eventually evolve into nature and habit. Yeah. Okay, so... Um,
2: and the funny At, thing is So like, that's
0: in that sense you yeah. recreate your image your brand. Yeah. You decide what you want to be like. You say I want to be this type of human being. Maybe you have Uh, someone that you look up to and Mm -hmm. you make consistent decisions to rebuild yourself, to be like that, hopefully for the positive. Yeah. Right. And, and you can recreate again, how busy you look on social media. You create your brand on purpose rather than a brand being created from you. Again, the quote from that is be the master of your own image rather than letting others define it for you.
2: Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, you hear the notion that, well, I understand that it's necessary to become this person and to talk, uh, or be direct or whatever. Right. But I don't want that friction with people. Okay. There's a huge flaw in that. And the flaw is so big that it's overseen by so many people. If you have to be direct with people, it's because they've already been fucking up. Mm. Um, And those that have an issue with you calling them out on their bullshit don't care for growth. They don't care to right a wrong. At which point, the phrase real recognize real really just comes down to like, hey, those that really come to to be around these type of people and see eye to eye with them is because they all have the same notion in their mind already. We're here for growth. We're here for success. And this is what we're doing. If you're not part of this, yes, we will react a certain way. Yes, we will communicate that we have an issue. And if that's an issue for you that we would communicate these things, then you're obviously not ready to be in the room.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So you not being here, you not uh, trying to have this conversation just shows me that I shouldn't even be talking to you. Real recognize real.
0: Amen. Real does indeed recognize real. Yeah.
2: Would you? Would you not agree to that the words, mode that you grow yourself words, you recognize those that have objectively decided to not grow themselves
0: other words in other words Lou recognizes DK and DK recognizes Lou
2: yeah and then we also recognize those around us that are like yeah I'm just like you guys but I'm gonna fuck it all up <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay this is gonna we're gonna end the episode on this one hopefully it's a good one let me look at this um ooh mm, I still wanna touch
2: base on that one that I brought up Lou, earlier this is
0: a good one this is a good one um I'm gonna skip number twenty-seven because that's the. Uh, I'll, I'll just briefly describe people on people play on people's need to believe in, to believe to create a cult-like following. Use social media. Um, know what you're talking about and don't teach something that you personally haven't accomplished. For example, mm-hmm. I, I think the big takeaway from that one is like you How to get shouldn't, a you shouldn't gold be plaque
2: a, without having a gold plaque.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing that we've been very clear on this episode on this podcast is I'm not here. I'm not trying to tell you how to be a, a multi-Grammy winning thing until I get there. Then I'll tell you exactly how it is I did it. But right now I'm telling you how to make a living from this. And having a full-time living from mixing is something that I've been doing for the last decade. Okay. So I want to be clear about that. Um, okay, number 30. This is a fun one to end on because it's kind of like off the, a little off the wall mm-hmm. here. Law number 30. Make your accomplishments seem effortless. Your actions Mm -hmm. must seem natural and executed with ease. All the toil and practice that go into them, and also all the clever tricks, must be concealed. Mm -hmm. When you act, act effortlessly, as if you could do much more. Avoid the temptation of revealing how hard you work, it only raises questions. Teach no one your tricks. Or they will be used against you.
2: okay, I think this one goes back to the earlier how do you think, uh, yeah how role. do you think
0: I was gonna do this? like what do you what do you think?
2: Um, if you wanted to sustain power, you wouldn't teach people how to raise to your ranks.
0: Oh, okay, that's a little bit like, of, uh,
2: that's a that's a little bit too much on the shady side of the book. but
0: yeah, that's very pretty parasitic.
2: Yeah, but let's say that um, you wanted job security. You could just turn in the work and say, "Yeah, we did it great, and this and that." It's like, "Oh, was it a lot of work?" It's like, you know, there was some work, sure, but nothing I couldn't handle. Yeah, you don't have to overexplain, which is the Part rule of that from earlier. Say less,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, because uh, it goes back to the whole like, "Hey, I'm really sorry if I'm asking for a lot, this and that." It's like, "Hey, no worries, I got it done for you."
0: It's it's actually the book even says that it's better to be seen as a prodigy. And as mm-hmm. to be seen someone as special that nobody else can be like this person, this person just has really good. That's It's better yeah. to be seen that way and to build a brand that way than to be someone that has gotten there from hard work. Yeah. It's just
2: naturally. Like the people that pop up out of the blue in the industry and you're like, where the fuck did this person come up from? It's like, well, they've been around. Point. They just decided now was the time to show themselves. Now,
0: it does go in the opposite sense in like an influencer where a lot of like, people that follow or subscribe to people and ideas they want to see progress for Mm -hmm. example like a running channel like i want to see the person that i follow on this running youtube channel i -hmm. want to see him continue to get prs and improve his his times and get better like it's fun to see him get better because i feel like i've been part of that journey
2: but maybe you're not showing the diet issues that have been going on
0: yeah like he doesn't he doesn't so i think one is goes also is related to don't hang out with people that are unhappy and unlucky yeah. So don't show people the struggles that you go to, and I'm not saying in a toxic way. Like, take care of yourself during the struggles, mm-hmm. but but try to avoid um, in a healthy way. Try to avoid being the unhappy and unlucky person in other people's lives. Yeah. Because they will naturally uh, find that repulsive. Okay. Yeah. Um, so take care of yourself. Seek help, whatever you need. Um, another thing that I think is really important with this is this is something I was thinking about. Is, dude, I like. Uh, Asking for revisions, mm-hmm. saying things like, oh, it's going to take so long. Oh, I'm working so hard already. Oh, my gosh. That is such a bad look.
2: Yeah.
3: it's
0: Like, oh, you don't realize how hard this is.
2: Yeah.
3: That never... just makes
0: people like not want to hire you because they don't want to burden you. Yeah. That's one way of looking at it as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah to be honest, uh, if you make somebody feel like they are the issue, Oof. I'm just saying you're likely the issue. Damn! Like, I. It, don't tell your client there that you're making their life harder or they're making your life harder. um Just don't take work it. with no. Just don't work with that person. Yeah, I don't work with them. Do Why me. would you vocalize the issue of their existence and their request if you didn't want to take on the work?
3: Yeah.
2: So you know, at the end of the day, like making it seem like the work is so hard and this and that goes right back into where it's like oh shit, maybe you're not the right engineer for the job either.
0: Yeah. So, and then also like, you don't want to be, so this is interesting because you want to be scarce by mm-hmm. looking busy. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want, the point of this chapter is to not look like you had to work really hard to do well.
2: I think setting a, an expectation date is the key to that.
0: Okay, here's the uh, the specific anecdote from the book. Mm-hmm. Renaissance paint artists, for example, Michelangelo, then, mm. uh, Yeah, Michelangelo, Mm -hmm. these artists, Michelangelo would not allow anyone, including the patron who funded the project, to ever look at their work mid-progress. Yeah. Because these artists knew that if someone saw the progress and saw how much work and effort into the details that it actually took, it would kind of ruin the magic by the time they see the finished product. But in order to have this sense of wonder and amazement, Mm -hmm. they would hide it completely until it was the finished product and then they showed them and then it felt magical. Yeah. Right. And I think this relates in a mix sense as well. Like, um, I love when people watch me mix. I like mm-hmm. that communication, but I don't think that you should be unafraid. And I'm not saying you should purposefully build barriers, but it's actually helpful if you are the type of person where they just drop off their tracks in a box, you mm-hmm. get them from the box and you mix it and you, send it back to them and it's just like so easy they don't see the process they don't see how much you struggle with them you could be swearing up a storm i can't fucking believe they use this microphone this is the worst vocal chain ever they don't want to they don't want to know you know you don't want to tell them the struggles that you went through they just want to hear a final product yeah and if you can do that quietly silently without them knowing when they get it back they'll be like oh my gosh you're a god yeah so i wouldn't um i'm not saying to avoid letting people part of your process but i would say that it's okay um To and I would say that to a certain degree, you kind of want to avoid showing people your secrets because, at the end of the day, and here's the real thing that I really want to get to, and this is for all influencers, for all podcasters, anybody that talks about audio engineering and mixing the real fucking truth behind Manny Marquin, Serban Ganea, behind. Uh, Tony Maserati, Jesse Ernster. The the real fucking truth that people don't want to admit is that there is no secret. There is no specific vocal chain. There is no style of mixing that is universally correct, that works better every single time, top down, bottom up, limiter on, limiter off, specific reverb. There's no such a fucking thing. And here's the thing. Most people Want to believe that you have a magic?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There is magic. So this is extremely pertinent to us. Yeah, people genuinely believe, cannot believe that Serban Guinea mixes in the box. Cannot believe. Yeah. What, the, what fuck? the fuck? Andrew Shep's was really good at deceiving people. Not uh, not incorrectly deceiving people, but like making people feel like he's a lot more thoughtful because his workflow is so complicated. Have you seen his most recent so complicated? studio? Yeah, 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 It's
2: just a bedroom with a bunch of acoustic
3: Yeah, yeah, panels. But I mean, like, he's, he's yeah. the
0: guy that parallels everything. So it's yeah. like, you feel like there's some magic going on. But at the end of the day, the fact is there is no magic. Yeah. And what we're trying to do as a podcast is to kind of open that up and to show you that the difference between you and Manny Marquin is just a few lucky hits, you know, potentially. Um, and then also decades of skill. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. De- skill built from decades of experience, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the good thing is like, as much as manny is special to me he's not that he's still human he's mm-hmm. he's not infallible you know so like again, when people say infallible. like
2: oh they've got these amazing ears i don't think it's necessarily that i think everybody's hearing goes out by the time they're like 30 you've already lost so much so when we're talking about engineers that are closer to 50 they've also just lost so much more It's not the magic ears, it's the magic in their approach, their technique, the knowledge that they put into things and what they're listening for. And most times everybody's like, oh, the magic's in the mid-range. They know where the magic's at, they know what's tried and true, and that's really the, the differential. It's not about this one magical technique it's about the many magical techniques that they know that they can pull from their mental archive it's not like they have a book where they wrote down these specific settings uh, for every analog piece uh chris, uh, chris Floyd Algie is famous for being known as a guy that never changes the settings on his compressor he just feeds signal into it until he likes it and that's it you know but it's one of those things where it's like he knows what he's listening for it's not this one frequency that he can hear that nobody else can hear it's his approach and knowing what he's listening for.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing with this chapter is that he specifically says that people don't want to find out that it's not magical. So, for example, finding out that Serving Ghenea and Manny Marquin uses techniques that are probably more outdated than anything that you know. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't sell. That's not going to sell no. courses. That's not going to make people want to buy their plugins from Waves. You know, yeah. their art, uh, their branded plugins it doesn't sell. People don't want to believe that people don't want to really don't want to believe that sometimes hits just become hits on accident. nobody else knows why there's no analysis that goes into play. People want to intrinsically believe that there was some sort of magic because what it does is it suppresses their own ego because Mm -hmm. people don't want to believe that they're below average or they're just average or, you know, like, so what they're doing is saying that I can't be like them because they're just this way. Yeah. So that's something that happens naturally within the human psyche. So, um, so you got to use this to your advantage. Another thing that Serban Ganand specifically, on on the contrary, is the uh, scarcity thing. Mm-hmm. That just not being there too much. Like he doesn't post anything on social media. We don't know what he does, and Never. like it kind of creates among engineers. Like he's this, he's this golden boy that like nobody knows what the fuck he does and there's a higher respect for his mixes even if they were astoundingly average people just think that they're better because Mm -hmm. of the branding that he's created partially because he's so mysterious yeah you know so um it's to the point where there's like literally like cult-like following of him like there's no people know that's like people really genuinely believe that he doesn't mix in the box like he must be lying it's too good he's way too good so it's like i don't know there's there's um There's a lot to go into this, but we'll keep it like that. So, um, I would recommend to play into that, to be, to, to look effortless in your endeavors to, and I think that this will force you to also with self-discipline, like don't complain, Mm -hmm. just, just do the work, be easy to work with, remove friction and you, your career will blossom slowly, but it may be slow, but this is the most reliable way to build your career through self-discipline, through self-control, um, and through consistent reputation building.
2: Yeah, So I wanted to very quickly just touch on that one that I brought up at the beginning of the episode that you had mentioned, Destroy Your Enemy Thoroughly.
0: Oh, that's the bonus one. Yep.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Hold on. Let me read that one. If I, if yeah. I I Bring it up. Why is that? Why did you...
2: Because it can be used positively and in a way that like... It doesn't sound positive. Destroy your enemy thoroughly.
0: Okay, hold on, hold on. So law 15, crush your enemy. This is a bonus, by the way. I couldn't figure out a way that this relates to the industry, but Lou's saying he can, so we'll give him a, we'll yeah. give him a shout. Aw. But law 15, crush your enemy totally. All great leaders since Moses have known that a feared enemy must be crushed completely. Sometimes they have learned this the hard way. If one ember is left alight... No matter how dimly it smolders, a fire will eventually break out. More is lost through stopping halfway through total annihilation. Oh, sorry. More is lost through stopping halfway than through total annihilation. The enemy will recover and will seek revenge. Crush him, not only in body, but in spirit. Okay.
2: So, remember how I told you there is positive ways of viewing competition or competitiveness?
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay, once you find out what I'm the so difference, interested in once you, you find out this. what the difference is, so let's say that let's I'm not saying that I'm after GI care John Hunter or anybody in the acoustic world, right mm. but who make um, acoustic
0: panels and you make acoustic panels yeah,
2: but the more work I get in acoustic design like um I recently got contracted for another like one of my childhood favorite artists of all time and he got um acknowledged as part of like hip hop legends and stuff like that for like the 50 years of hip hop stuff going on. Um I'm designing a studio now. And so part of it has me thinking like, well, if I wanted to do this cuz all these massive projects that I get are all word of mouth. What if I were to actually take the dive forward? What if I were to actually find a friendly competitor, somebody that I want to match if not outdo? Why wouldn't I try to create a better website and system of ordering? Why wouldn't I create a better system of actually uh, developing the product? Why wouldn't I actually want to find a way to cut the cost of the product and match its quality if not surpass it? Why would I not want to lower the amount of friction required in getting it into your space and installed at a reasonable price point? Why wouldn't I want to completely dominate every aspect that there is available to dominate? Why wouldn't you want that? I would. Oh, my God. God, do you realize, like, if these people can make that kind of money, and I've kind of naturally fallen into this thing. I'm not saying that I'm, like, really after it, but as you could tell, like, I am eagerly motivated to outdo those around me, not because I want to see them burn, not because of that, but because your success is motivating me to know that it's possible and if it's possible i can only blame myself for not going after it so as my friendly enemy i want to leave you in the dust and have that success for myself
0: so this is this is actually a really good point. So you're not saying the book kind of insinuates crushing them if you're in a place of power uh yeah. the classic archetype is a king that failed to the His brother role. of the king the brother of the king failed to killed the king but failed to kill the king's son and the son eventually grows up and kills the brother the uncle which is basically a classic archetype I mean the Northman was so good that exact same story Hamlet right or was it Hamlet? anyway um, anyway so the point is that's kind of the direction that that but you're saying to crush your enemy totally through quality yeah, by being so damn good and so
2: easy to communicate with
0: yeah so good that you just you make them look so bad you make yeah. your competitors look so fucking bad. And with that, I 100% agree. Crush, I 100% crush agree. Crush your
2: fucking enemy. Make make up the enemy in your head, whoever it is. But just remember, it's all friendly. You're not actually trying to destroy anybody. Everybody's got to eat. And there's we, we are in an industry that as small as it is, it is plentiful. Boom. The rain has never stopped. Even when the recession hit, even when the fucking uh, pandemic hit, creatives did not stop being creatives, which means that as their demand for people's entertainment kind of grew, the demand for quality kind of shrank, sure. But that also meant that there was an abundance of clients out there that you could reach out to, people who didn't do it before. Why wouldn't you try to make the most of everything that's in front of you?
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Crush, what is it? Crush your enemies... (laughs)
2: To the point of no returns. (laughs) I don't know. Crush
0: your enemy totally through quality and customer experience. Yeah. Boom. I think that's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah. I love the idea of being so having a product so fucking good that you,
2: you can't fathom a competitor. You,
0: yeah, the, the only, you demotivate people. Yeah, That aren't willing to put in the work
2: and those that are motivated by it will grow alongside you and eventually be the people that you're also trying to grow past because some people might find your flaw and that's a good thing.
0: There's a level of me that's like totally okay with like people listening to this podcast realizing how hard it is that we work and they like we just crush their dreams completely. It's like I will never be able to be like them and I'll be like fuck yeah
2: I would rather work with those that heard this and been like you know what. Let's fucking go.
0: Well, yeah. And there's the the true person that's going to do well is like the person that doesn't have a plan B. They're just so willing to go through the bullshit that they're going to make it. People that get scared, listen to us um, and get scared and are unmotivated because they they never realize how hard it is to do this shit. Then I will say it's like, that's good because you're making room for everybody else who's willing to put in the work. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, crush your enemies completely. Oh, this one's about to come and crush you. My my second son, my youngest son, just walked in. <laughs> Hello, Kyo. You want to say hi? To hey, say buddy. Hi? We're gonna let's end this episode. Say hi, hey. Kyo. You want to say hi into the microphone? Yeah. Say ah <sighs> ah, ah ah louder louder, muta motto. Okay, he's not gonna say anything. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, and on that note, again, if you want to support us in a completely free way, leave a five star review on whatever platform you use, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple. Um, Spotify, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, If you are interested in hearing specific techniques on how to improve your mixes from uh, breaking down techniques point perspective, go to mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive. Sign up for $4 a month or $40 a year and you get two extra episodes, exclusive episodes hidden behind a paywall every single week. And we break down techniques, mixing techniques that are practical. We give homework and ideas. Um, go check that out. Once again, mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive and become a subscriber. And on that note, I will say happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy.